Have you ever wondered what it is about reaching for our dreams that feels so hard and requires so much of our own healing? Are you curious about how moving towards your own creativity might heal what's making you feel stuck? Well, that is why we made this show. I'll be having conversations with emotional health experts as well as artists, musicians, and creatives, all with the intention of resourcing and inspiring you to uncover your true creative self. I'm Courtney Lancaster, and this is the Heal Create Podcast. listening to another episode of the Hill Create Podcast. And we'll get right to it. There's so many titles, so many things that you do, and so many things that you're good at. I don't know exactly how to title you, so I'm going to let you title yourself, but I will introduce you for sure as my friend, Nathan Madden. Hi, bud. Hi. (laughs) I love that. It's my favorite title out of all of them. There you go. Can you tell us, like, so... I, I called you an actor, but you're also a dancer, a choreographer. You know, you do voiceover. You do so many things. How would you How would you describe yourself and what you do? Uh, um, well, what's the gig, and what what do you need me to yeah, be? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. that's that's how you survive. No, um, yes. Thank you so much, first of all, for having me on, for asking me to of do course. this. I love what it's about, um, what you're about, and just. Uh, being healthy as you pursue your art and what you you have to do. And that's that's what I would say is I have to do this. I have to perform. I am an all-around performer. Um, I've been that way since I was a little kid. I think I take the phrase like, look, dad, and it just became a career. Um, like, look what I, I'm like Stuart sometimes. I'm like, look what I can do. Um, <laughs> and then someone one day wanted to pay me to, to continue to do that. So Amazing. I think, um, yeah, my silliness kind of took me into some character acting work, but also I, I, you know, have been dancing forever. Um, and so, yeah, it is a wide spectrum of what I've gotten to do, um, and where my career has taken me. So um, yes, I was kind of kidding about like, what's the gig and what do you need? But my, my philosophy is like, you go into the first audition and if they need you to juggle, then you say yes. And you'll Google it later. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. yeah, actor, yes. performer, dancer, choreographer, all the things. Singer. Yes, thank you. Don't let me yes. forget that one. Oh my gosh, I well, I remember we met and we like immediately started geeking out about I think like excellence in music and um, theater because embarrassing as it sounds, this is this is truly embarrassing talking to you. I have always considered myself like a theater kid, like deep yeah. in my core. That's where I started. That's who I am. And you and I yeah. don't even know how we started talking about this, but you're like, yeah, me too. I just got off yeah. Broadway doing an American in Paris. And I was like, no, totally. Yeah, <laughs> I did Hello Dolly when I was in high school. Um, <laughs> so, And you're like, and I was fabulous. And I was amazing. Um, that already, I mean, I could really spend this entire hour just talking about Broadway and how much I love Broadway. And I know that you probably mm. could too. But can you tell us like, how did you get started in this? Mm-hmm. And yeah. And what are some of the big things that you've done that you've really, really enjoyed and loved? Yeah. Um, well, I, I think it all started, like I do come from a musical family um, and 
I mean, to jump right into the heart of it, like, uh, I was, I was really supported to go into the arts, which I think is like step one. I wasn't fighting against my family to, you know, go into this. I think they both, both my mom and my dad come from musical backgrounds and they wanted to be singers. They wanted to be performers, but they came from a generation that was like, no, that's not, that's not a real job, kid. You gotta, you know, put food on the table. So honestly, they actually were very excited when both me and my sister, I have one sister, wanted to be performers. Yeah, I come from a military family. uh, So I moved every two, three, four years of my life. Like I've lived Mm -hmm. in 11 different states. I was born in Anchorage, Alaska. Um, But where- Were you really? Oh yeah. Um, Like I don't, I who's, who's from there? I don't know. Um, But also Minot, North Dakota. This is where it all started, Courtney. Um, Minot, North Dakota, it was either like hockey or ice skating. And I saw a hockey game once and I was like, it's so violent and I like my teeth and there's blood on the ice. Um, I'll, <laughs> I'll do the pretty one. I was like, I'll do that one. Um, and that kind of started me into like just feeling the like, the you know, mostly classical music on the ice and and learning your edges and all of that. And it's, mm. it's dance. I mean, it's, it's movement. Mm-hmm. And my coach was like, you need ballet. You need to ball. ballet, ballet. And we're like, there's no ballet in Minot, North Dakota. Like, what do we do? So my mom and my ice skating partner put in all their savings and started a dance studio. Um, and it's still there today. So um that was the beginning of yeah super cool um so i would say that kind of just that support i think i'm aware of now and that like yeah i mean you can do dance lessons and then i was always doing vocal lessons and um i was like i want to be an actor and so super supported and i just kind of kept taking lessons everywhere i went and that kind of led me to uh performing arts high schools which i got even better training but i was also dancing with like houston and atlanta ballet academies um so just like every city i think kind of upped the like oh yeah Mm -hmm. i still want to do this and my parents being like oh yeah he still wants to do this so yeah i had had some great training and that kind of ended up uh bringing me to new york i mean growing up as a guy dancer you know you're kind of the only one i was the only one and That was difficult and challenging, but Mm -hmm. you get to a city, a big city where then like all those only one ones (laughs) are together and made it into a school. Yeah, exactly. And then you, all those years paid off when you like look to your right and your left and you're like, Oh, you've been, you've been wanting this for years and, and here we all Mm. are. So New York was really like the, the opening of, uh, of me getting to see like all the years of my parents' support and all the training that I'd been through just kind of start to take form. So. Yeah. 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 It it sounds like you kind of like followed the breadcrumbs of what lit you up from a young age. Yeah. Well, my absolutely. What lit me up? Like, uh, it, it felt easy, like in a way to just, I mean, we talk about this as actors, but you're like, I never want to lose my imagination, you know, like I, I think the the beauty of really, really diving into good acting training and work is like you're regaining any sort of imagination that you shoved away because someone told you to grow up, to grow up. Mm, um, mm-hmm. And so it's that childlike behavior where anything's possible and you're like two kids are playing on a field and they're like, no, you hit me. You shot me. And you're like, no, because I had a forest field like we're doing the same thing and we're calling it Romeo and Juliet. Like <laughs> it's yeah, all, totally. it's 
all beautifully make believe and yet so real and visceral. So. Absolutely. And I think that it really, um, speaks to a lot of people like performing and music and acting. I feel like so many people are, are, um, lit up and feel so connected through that medium and through that art. And there aren't really a lot of places to, to go for that after high school, Mm. really. I mean, I don't think that there are a lot of places for people to go and pursue their passion for like acting, singing, you know, even choir. I like past being high school and college, unless you're Mm. really, really serious about it. So I feel like there are a lot of dreams that are buried inside of people, people that I work with that, um, Mm. I don't know how, if you know how rare it is and how beautiful it is to hear a story about somebody who is able to to really follow those, those little, like, like a frog, you know, lily pad to lily pad, just kind of following what lit him up. So it's really cool to hear your story. And it's, you know, of course, of course, not too late for anybody that is inspired by that, because there really is more opportunity out there. And I think that the more that people wake up to who they truly are, the more opportunities there will be. So it's beautiful to hear your story. Uh, Thank you. And one thing to that, I would say is like, community theater is great. And I think it's hard when you're like, you have a nine to five and you need to support your family. And you know, you start, you start building other aspects of your life. You're like, Oh, is this still possible? Mm -hmm. But I think when, when you can give it the importance that your heart needs, you're like, okay, actually I've wanted to do this since I was six years old. And I may be, I may be 37, 47, but I'm going to play Annie. Like, go for it. Um, (laughs) 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 Um, No, I'm just kidding. But no, um, but like, um, I think when there's judgment about, oh, I'm actually not getting paid for this or it's not that, um, you know, the show's not that great. I think that starts to be a different conversation versus like, I'm getting to sing right now. I'm getting to dance. I'm getting to be part of a show. And, um, And so I think... I don't know. I wasn't going to talk about community, community theater, but like when I did finally make it to Broadway, there was one person that was like, what did they say? It was so amazing. I was like so excited. And like, and they were like, well, it's just, it's, it's the same shit with better, better shoes. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I just, yes. I, that was like such a jaded New York response, but I kind of yeah. loved it. Cause it's like, you know what, where you're getting to do what you love, whether yeah. you get paid a lot of money for it or no money. It's, and I think that heart kind of has to remain the same. So that's, I was going to say to that. So. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Well, I think more people would love to express themselves in that way, if they're honest, than mm. actually do. And we do, you're exactly right. We do my, you know, my mom used to be in a band and there's oh, cool. so many, I think of our parents that gave up a lot of those dreams and our grandparents that gave up a lot of those dreams of just that expression that artistic expression because the Mm. emphasis was on you know the nine to five and making money and it's just has historically been more socially acceptable to settle down and um Mm. that's the thing that i'm really hoping in this podcast is that we just like wake up some of that in people and that they can kind of move towards expressing themselves in that way you told me that like on our first day i was like oh my god i used to be in theater (laughs) which you could tell how dear it is to my heart that i that was 20 years ago and i was like 
I know. I feel like we talked about like suddenly Seymour. I was like, you oh, need to sing that song. And I was like, I want to play Seymour. Let's go. Like, <laughs> yes, that's, oh, that's a bucket list thing on yeah. my list for sure is doing that duet with you. But, but I remember even in my high school teacher, when I was in theater in high school, told me, you know what, Courtney, people like you don't play lead roles. The best you could do is just, uh, you know. The sidekick, the funny sidekick, the maybe in the choir. Oh, I know. Totally. (laughs) And I, yeah. Oh yeah. I think that that really like stuck with me so much. And it just Mm. immediately, like, it just took that one guy being like, this is not, you're not going to go anywhere with this. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. And I just kind of inched away from really pursuing something that I really loved. Obviously like, you know, so many beautiful opportunities have come up since then, but I think about that a lot. Like The things that we say to people, the cultural um, norms that we have with people and how, how that can really cut down that, that little tiny spark of inspiration that they might have towards, towards that thing that really lights them up, you know? Are you saying our words are important? Is that what you're saying? I think maybe, I think maybe I am. Um, I am curious for you. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have so many questions that I want to ask you. So you've had a really, you've done a lot of really cool projects and, yeah. and I'm wondering what have you noticed? What are some of the kind of emotional pitfalls that you have experienced getting into this? New York is not an easy place to live or pursue a career in the arts. Uh, not, not emotionally sustainably, I would say, as far as I've heard from from the people that I know. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, I could speak to my experience just first moving to New York, like wide eyed and excited. And so, yeah, I have this 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 childhood of being pretty supported and, and, and being like, OK, yeah, like, oh, you really want to do this. And then I make it into a little school called Juilliard. And, um, uh, I've never, can you tell me more? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm seriously though. I thought it was like a school for violence. I was like, Oh, there's a dance program. Like I just didn't know. Right. Um, yeah. And so everyone's auditioning for it. I'm, I'm, I'm dancing with the Houston Ballet Academy and I'm at this performing arts high school and I auditioned for this school and one by one by one by one, everyone gets cut and I get to stay. And wow. It was cool because I think what was happening was it was like beyond my vision because I didn't even know, but I was kind of being pushed into what was perfect for me and what was right mm-hmm. for me. But Juilliard was this big mystery. It was like, oh, a name mm. that people have heard of, but I don't know what it'd be like for me. And and so I remember it being such a big deal, like where I go to school matters and it changes the rest of my career. And so all of that kind of led to me going to New York, which is what your original question was. But like New York Mm -hmm. became this smorgasbord of like arts. And I'm like going to school with, you know, the opera majors and and violinists and pianists and and dance majors. And yo, what's up, Adam Driver? Like, I'd like these people that have like, you know, years since made albums around the world and they just continue to be so devoted to their art. And that was my new support system. Still having my parents, of course, but I think the pace of New York, and we talk about this a lot, it can be exhausting, but at the right time in your life, New York can really support you. You're like, oh, okay, we're going this fast. Like, oh, this is how fast we're going. And so you kind of step into the momentum of a stream that's already happening. And part of that was like using my student ID. I saw a play and a Broadway show every week. That's what I spent my money on. And so- you know, I say that school is my education, but New York was my education. Like mm-hmm. I saw so much theater. 
And I just was being exposed to some of the best theater in the world. And I said yes to so much. I said yes to so much. But, you know, I, I think the same pace can be exhausting. And if you don't stop and have, um, you know, in my community, I would say a Sabbath, if you don't like pause yeah. and rest and mm-hmm. not make every moment about you building your career, then then you can have years of your life at that pace and be like, wait, is this actually what I wanted? Or did I just run with it alongside everyone else? And that's a scary place to be in too. Yeah, I, I think my school experience is like one part of that conversation. But then when I came back um, and I had like a Broadway career, it was kind of the same thing. Like we, we were in class, we're taking, we're taking classes, we're staying in shape, we're doing other projects, we're working with choreographers during the day while you're in a show at night. And it can be exhausting and nonstop. And then you mm-hmm. wake up one day and you're like, oh, yeah, my personal life. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. have I spent any time and energy developing deep, meaningful friendships or relationships? Like um, the reality of like, there are a lot of people in New York that chose career. And I'm saying both is possible. I really do believe that career and family and, and, and relationships are possible. But both yeah. take work. So do I. Both take work. So I think there is a balance like, okay, actually I said no to this gig because my husband needs me. I said no to the show because my kids need me. I mm-hmm. like those choices are real and you have to kind of have to mourn one or the other because you can't do everything at once. And that's what New York mm-hmm. taught me. And I was trying to do everything at once. And I, I hit my 10 year mark and I was, uh, uh, you know, 20 minutes later, I'm going to answer your question, but like, <laughs> No, this is great. No, I was getting jaded in a way that New York was shaping me and that same pace was was sharpening me. And I, I want to stay soft, especially as an artist. I want to stay st- soft. I want to stay kind. And mm-hmm. I I was becoming that like jaded New Yorker. I mean, we have that classic stereotype and it kind of happens because you have to put on armor every day. But you have to make sure that you can remove that armor for your loved ones. You can remove that armor for your craft. Like, I don't want to see an actor that's so locked up and not available to, to, to tell the story. So I realized I just, uh, I needed to step out of New York, even though it's the very city that helped me build my career. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Where did you go after that? So I spent 10 years in New York going from Broadway (laughs) show to Broadway show. And then, um, I left to go to Northern California in Reading where I met mm-hmm. you. Ah, yes. um, yeah. And uh, I needed a break. And the reason mm-hmm. that kind of even was introduced to me was my best friend. This is kind of cool, actually. Uh, my best friend and I, he's an animator and he, yeah, he was working with a cool animation company in Brooklyn. And I loved, oh my God, I loved having someone that wasn't an actor or a performer. Oh, that was like lifeline. Um <laughs> Cause I could talk about stuff and he's like, Oh, cool. Would you say that that's like a, something you'd recommend to, to oh, actors and performers have yes. non actor friends? Yes. <laughs> yes. I think it's, I think it's very important, but anyways, he, he actually went to, um, the, to Reading and the initiation of that was him saying, where are the dads? Like, where are the father figures? Like, we're just like mm. all young people in New York trying to do our thing. And like, we don't really have like, the mentors we don't have the the men in our life that are five ten years older that you're like oh i want to i want to one day love my wife like you love her i i want to one day be a dad like that i want to one day be a ceo of a company that is 
healthy and mm-hmm. kind to their employees. And we just weren't seeing that. So, and I remember my response was like, oh, but you're so father-like, like you're, you're like, you're kind and you're like, and it's just, he's like, no, that's not my point. And so then three years later, I was like, where are the dads? Like, <laughs> so I was saying the same thing. So I kind of, <laughs> I say I follow him around, but like I went to the same program and it just was an amazing, like, I would say leadership development program. It's sometimes what I call it as much yes. as like, you know, it's, we're, we're leaving our careers behind. We're leaving, some people leave their family mm. for a season to, to say, actually, I want to, I want to slow down. I want to, get close to my heart. I want to get close to, um, to family, to a source of love, to, to, to God and to like push pause on everything I thought I was building. And that's what I did for two years is I pushed pause Mm. on my career and my success and the rat race. Um, cause I was on like rooftop, rooftop parties with you know, champagne is flowing. And I'm like, yo, what's up, Bernadette Peters? And, and I was lonely. Sure. Like, that's a problem. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. I, I needed to figure that out and I needed to get out of New York. And um, yeah, that, that, that really, really helped me. So I spent two years in Northern California before coming to LA, which is mm. where I'm at now. So. I will, and I want to hear about everything that you're up to now. I will say, so Nathan and I met in a, it was a ministry school program. And the interesting thing about this, it's a a big church in Redding, California. And while right now, as it has turned out, I don't align with everything that that church stands for, but man, did I learn a lot there. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, a lot of the stuff I learned just from my own personal journey of you know, what I was going through, but there were a lot of creatives in this ministry program, a lot. And I think it's because there was something about this, this ministry that spoke to creatives. They were doing a lot of really creative things inside of the church, inside of their program. They're putting out these YouTube videos that I feel like were just this beacon call to all Mm. creatives that were looking to connect to God because they were so artistically free and beautiful and outside the box. And so it, it did attract a lot of creatives. That's where I met so many, I mean, including yourself, but so many amazing creatives, people that have gone on to do really cool things, um, from that program. But I think it speaks to the greater need of as a creative, the need to feel deeply connected to God, to something bigger than yourself, something uh, safe and and loving and a support system, a safe container for you to create. I think it also speaks to the need for creatives to be con- um, inside a community. Mm-hmm. And so that was one thing that I really, I mean, one of my favorite things about my season in, in Reading and being a part of that community was how... Uh, creative expression and art was really, really valued. And that was something that I hadn't experienced, not in a spiritual community ever, ever really. Mm. Um, and I think that that's like a very, it's a, it was a beautiful framework, not perfect, of course, but a really beautiful framework that I think, you know, could spread in a lot of really healthy ways. Uh, just, beautiful communities of people that are connected to God and then expressing yeah. themselves artistically. 
Would you, what would you say? Oh, and I was going to say also like the laying down of the gift too. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's, that's a very, uh, it can be a very churchy language, but I'm like, what am I laying down? And I think you could say that sacrifice. You could say that I'm giving up. Um, and you know, even when you started this conversation about like, it's never too late. I think there's something, even with the success, like I had success really early and things would seem to be easy for me in a way that I'm like, oh, I did this and I did this and I did this and blah, blah, blah. I needed to lay all of that down to be like, okay, who am I outside of all of this? Who am I outside Mm. of being a performer? And honestly, when we met, I was like, people would be like, are you that dancer? Are you that Broadway guy? And I would get so upset, which is very Mm. interesting. Because I'm like, but I'm so much more than that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I would have this like this reaction because I didn't know who I was outside of that. So when mm-hmm. you're immediately hearing about me because of this thing, it felt like a label. And I wanted to know that I was a man that was more than that. And so I tried really hard to like, you know, not tell anyone my resume or what I've done. And because and, I, I, I perform arts is exciting and people get excited about storytelling, which is beautiful. The arts are powerful mm-hmm. and people are mm-hmm. like, Oh, you've gotten to do what I've always wanted to do. Um, and I was like, yeah, but I don't know who I am. <laughs> and so, <laughs> yeah, you know, Great like I, I think you can, I think you can spend your life as an artist telling other people's stories, but you will always, always want to tell your own at some point. And that's a profound statement. I was like, I don't know what my own story is outside of doing this dance routine for you and doing singing this song for you and and being in this play about your life. And that's also what what was powerful about that that time was, I think I just, I didn't want to sing. I didn't want to dance. I didn't want to act. I wanted to to do nothing in the arts for at least the year (laughs) Mm. because it was frustrating. Like what, what else am I going to do? Like I was just at 32 years old, 33 years old. I'm like back to being like in a backpack and going to classes again. Um, That was, that was weird, (laughs) but I I will say, yeah, the language of like laying something down. So then you know that if you do go back to it, you chose it versus it was someone else's idea Mm. for your life. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, totally. And that's, I mean, yeah, I think that that's another piece of the heart that I have for, I mean, I wouldn't even say for this podcast, it's really just the the mission that I feel like I have is to, is to support creatives to feel Mm -hmm. like they're so grounded that they can create these, these, things that are in their heart, these seeds that have been planted within them, because I feel like that art is so healing to the world. Mm-hmm. But if it's not coming from somebody who feels healthy, then what's the cost of that? And we've seen the cost mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. So that's beautiful. Um, okay. I would love to know what would your advice be to somebody that is thinking that this is something they want to do. They want to move into this profession. They, Mm -hmm. they want to pursue this. Maybe they're young, maybe they're in high school, maybe they're, you know, getting a lot of opportunities and there's a lot of momentum. What, what would your advice be to them? To the youngins? Um, (laughs) yeah. Uh, does that make you feel old for me to ask you that? No, not at all. I was gonna, I was gonna (laughs) just, I was just gonna be silly to the babies. What do I tell the babies? Um, right. Or honestly, the, the, the people that think they're, that it's past and it's too old. I'm speaking to yeah, you as well. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> um, 
I think that, yeah, I, I just keep coming back to comparison. Like comparison kills everything. Mm. It just sucks. And I just, I, you know, I live in Los Angeles now and it's a whole other visual comparison of what you look like. Do you have abs? Like I did the scene great, but it's going to go to the model, obviously like all this mm. stuff, like what Hollywood celebrates. So I, I think I would say, understand that like every step along the way is like, because you want to do it and because it brings you joy, because it brings you like happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, and not like the, the, the overall big, big, big word that could be, I'm happy, but like, Oh my God, that was fun. Or when yes. you're a person like me, like, yes. Oh, that was challenging. And when you face the challenge and you could not hit the, the, the high note at the end of gimme, gimme from Thurley Meyer Millie. And then tomorrow you can, yes. <laughs> you know, little, little belt moment there. Um, yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, I would say if it, if it's acting, if, it, if it's music, musical theater, um, if it's, if it's, uh, dance, if it's anything, if, if it's writing, like I, I was, you know, hearing someone speak about writing, it was like, just write five page, pages a day or just write one page a day, it, whatever it is, mm. it's, it's in segments. Right. So like, mm-hmm. I don't, if you don't have ballet shoes yet, like buy the ballet shoes and then like, okay, well it's, I bought them a month ago. Like then go to your first class. If it's like, okay, I signed up for this acting class and, um, I memorized one monologue. I'm like, it's step by step by step, just like anything else in life. But then you start to realize mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, okay. I have one ballad that I could sing at this audition. And then you're like, Oh, I have an up tempo that I could sing at this audition. And then you slowly start to build, you know, the audition book. I would say like, just honestly, the premise of an audition book where this is my repertoire, this is what I can do that I honestly like looking through that and flipping through that is encouraging. You're like, Oh, I can sing that song and I can sing mm-hmm. that song and I'm good for this role. And I would just start doing your research about roles you want to play, what brings you alive, what, you know, what plays, what movies, what um, monologues, what songs, what dance concerts, like, do you remember from when you were a kid uh, or you remember mm-hmm. like you just can't get that scene of that movie out of your mind and just ask yourself why? why well because the rain starts and then gene kelly starts you know playing through the rain and there's just so much joy obviously singing in the rain (laughs) affected me you know how many years later did i get to play gene kelly on broadway like Mm. can i not say that that started with a dream as a little kid who saw singing in the rain often and like played it many times like that's so cool like if you can trace your dreams that have already happened back to the original inception and what were the little steps along the way that made that happen. And we're powerful. We are powerful. We can sit on Netflix and watch someone else's story, or we can choose to put our time aside and read a play a week, listen to music that like we haven't listened to before, be inspired, stay Mm -hmm. inspired, Mm -hmm. absolutely stay inspired. Yeah. And believe me, I, I, I watch TV a lot because it's it's also what I'm going into. It's what I that's why I moved to LA. I want to do that. Sure. So, um, but I, I think if it's if it's numbing, if there's anything that's numbing in your life, alcohol, uh, like uh, scrolling, um, yeah, just like retreating from people who really know you versus pressing in mm. and being honest with them, like 
it's just it's just gonna waste so much time. <laughs> Absolutely. So I mean that's kind of an yeah. all around answer, but um, no, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's what I would say. That's really good. I think. Well, it sounds like you're saying tiny steps in the direction of what inspires you. Yeah, is what will move you forward, and enjoying yeah. those those tiny steps. And there's a whole there's a lot of um, information in the emotional health psychology trauma informed world about the narrative of I'm not there yet, mm-hmm. um, I'm behind, I my time is over. Those are all actually yeah. adaptive narratives. Those are not true self. I yeah. feel safe in my body. I feel um, I can trust myself. I feel grounded. I feel connected. When you can help yourself get to that place, then it becomes really fun to follow the breadcrumbs like we talked about you doing along your life. And so mm-hmm. it sounds like that's what you're saying. The advice that you're giving is really like staying grounded, yeah, prioritizing, prioritizing your own health and connection. And then, yeah, step by yeah. step. Yes. And, and like, um, and giving space to something, right. So, um, this is a super practical thing, but it's really helped me. So like during, during the pandemic and everything, like everything's gone online. So I'm such a personable person. I love people and I love auditioning. That's the first thing is like, (laughs) I really do love auditioning, which is not everyone's case, but I'm like, I get to I get to do what I love to do in front of someone today. Yes. If it doesn't go well, I'll give them a hug and I met a new friend. Like, that's really me. So I bless you guys <laughs> yes, with that because I know people yeah. get so anxious about auditions. But when it turned to self-tapes recently, most everything is a self-tape for TV and film work. Mm-hmm. Um, someone told me some advice and I just want to share it. But like, already have something set up, whether your lights are set up, your back your backdrop set up, your, your tripod set up, have something set up so that when you get an audition, which is a big deal in and of itself, the fact that someone wants to see you casting wants to see you. Um, if you get an audition, you are excited about it versus, Oh gosh, I don't have time to set up my lights and to do that and blah, blah, blah. And my room's a mess and blah, 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 blah. So your perspective already, you don't allow yourself time to get excited about even having an audition. You already yes. are trying to like micromanage. Is this even possible in my day? Yeah. That, yes. that's step yeah. one. And I literally, this is, I, I have a little backdrop. It's a, it's I know, a, it's you're, a, you look so professional. It's, it's a curtain. Uh, I, I, I mean, no, sorry. It's a blanket. <laughs> Um, it's a velvet blanket, but you know, on the other side of this is a beautiful tree and I could get sun during the day. The, the more I leave it up, the more auditions I get as far as like, Ah. I'm already a step in the right direction. So I actually haven't taken this down. It's my new curtain. It's fine. <laughs> right, right, right. But, well, you, yeah. I mean, that's such a great, that's such a great point for anyone pursuing yeah. any kind of creativity. Yeah. If you are a songwriter, set up mm-hmm. a corner in your house with your piano and your notebook. If you are, you know, a guitar player, like set up a, have your guitar ready to go. It really is like those tiny little steps that our survival yeah. brain would love to connect to and say, oh, that's too much. That's... That's uh, too much work, too much effort. But if we set ourselves up to succeed and kind of uh, get in the get in front of that survival brain, <laughs> that brain that wants to keep us procrastinating, to keep us safe and small, mm-hmm. then um, we have such a much higher chance of actually pursuing the thing that lights us up. So great advice. Thanks. You're welcome. Okay. So um, I would love to know, like, what are you up to now? What's going on in your life now as this triple threat, triple threat. <laughs> yeah um 
and and adding i don't i don't even understand so i actually i have two tv shows that are coming out uh which is very exciting and i'm building a, a tv career which is what i set out to do um you what? know people, yeah people are like why oh my like, gosh. like everyone wants to be an actor in la and i was like well i will be i already am like yeah and so it's happening i'm Amazing. building a new career it's super exciting i was on all american homecoming which was on netflix and then chip and dales <coughs> sorry okay. mom uh, all right okay sorry mom <laughs> Life of an actor. <laughs> um comes out on november 22nd so that's on on hulu and then Hunters season two is coming out one day. I don't know when, but um, yeah. I'm really, really excited about that project. And so I think they're like not judging what kind of roles you do. I'm really getting uh, a lot of evil roles. So it's oh. very fun. I'm playing the villain. That, you know yeah, what, though? You, are, you do have like the there is you can do that, though. You do that well. I've seen mm-hmm. the like videos and like the little Instagram things that you do. And yeah. you're like such a kind, nice guy. But you have like a there's like a thing that you can do well. Yeah. It's an evil yeah. Thing. yeah, it's OK. <laughs> it's Which is, villain. you know, yeah, that's why we go to therapy. It's fine. Um, (laughs) no, it's, uh, no, no, I'm just kidding. No, it's, it's awesome. I love that challenge. And I actually really love that. You're like, Oh, like they look so nice. And then like the twist, like, that's why I love acting. No one is what they seem. And so, um, yeah, that's so different really, from who you who you are as a person. Yeah. So that's really cool. That yeah, you get to play that. Yeah, uh, super fun. So I'm, I'm playing a lot of villains, and that comes out soon. But what's also really fun is I'm I'm still getting to dance. I'm still getting to move and choreograph. And I just took a job with a company called Wet Entertainment Technologies. Um, and your boy is like coding, like wow. he's coding and he's com- like computer programming to uh, to sign fountains around the world. Interesting. I didn't even know that was a, I didn't even know that was a job. So I think the cool part to our conversation is, uh, you know, at 36 years old, I've been a performer for for a lot of that and I still want to Mm. do that, but I'm also like learning a new skill and I'm frustrated. I'm not going to lie. I'm frustrated. I'm sitting in front of a computer, but on the other side of that is standing in front of a fountain and watching kids like excited about the the lights and the the water and watching it move and watching it dance and and a friend of mine was like that's so cool that's so god because like when a counselor you know a high school counselor sits you down and you're like do you want to be um a teacher do you want to be a doctor like what do you want to do or do you want to be the man who makes water dance and i was (laughs) and i was like that's so true i want to do that one so yeah yeah i just think it's a cool aspect like i just didn't even know it was a job no, that's so rad. You're choreographing water. That's amazing. Okay, I would love to ask you really quick before we go, yeah. a couple of last questions. Of what has been one of your absolute favorite moments as a performer? Like the a moment where you're like, I will never forget this particular moment. Yeah. Do you have one off the top of your head? I do. Um, I got to do Hello Dolly uh, before I moved to California, and I covered. Which just like I wait. I just yeah. You need a moment. She needs a moment. Yeah, with Matt um, Midler. Yeah, yeah. Original. I mean, it's original <sighs> cast, but like you know the revival. Um, so and David Hyde Pierce. David Hyde Pierce. Yeah, every yeah. day it was a, like oh a, a masterclass in acting, watching them two together. 
Um, oh, that's hard because David Hyde Pierce was one of the best experiences of that show. He's so kind. He's so generous. And to be mm. a star in and of your own right and to, to make it all about Bet, it made him so lovable. Like people just wow. loved him because yeah. he was so generous on stage. It's not about me. It's about her. And I was like, check, noted, like how to be lovable on stage. Like we talk about that wow. in acting all the time, but it's about the other person. Just everything you need is in their eyes. Everything's in your partner's eyes. And I was watching that night after night after night. Um, as Personally, as a performer in that show, I, um, I got the call that uh, Gavin had missed his flight. He was doing like a, a Monday night concert and hit, there was a snowstorm or something. He didn't make it for the Tuesday night show. And so you're going on as Cornelius. I was like, <gasps> and I dropped my stuff. And then I'm walking, like walking the streets of New York. And I'm like, <laughs> like, I'm just like warming up. And like, and I remember getting ready to go on and just being this high school, Nathan, high school, Nathan with ear, you know, yes. with headphones on listening to Millie, listening to his voice is like, you're about to go on for him and no pressure. He had just won a Tony like two weeks before for this role. Um, and I remember being on stage and kind of losing myself in the role and also like watching myself do a role that I've always wanted to do. Sure, right, right. On floating Broadway. outside of your body. I was floating outside of my body, but I was totally there. Yeah, so there I am on stage as Cornelius and I I, I, I remember the audience like laughing for the first time. I'm like, oh yeah, you're here. Like, um, And it's just confirmation that like, <laughs> what I was doing was working. The story was coming forward. Like I, I belong here and the exchange, the exchange between me and the audience is happening. That's what we live for. That's, that's, that's why we perform. It will always be about human and human interaction. It's always about a conversation and connection. And to further that connection, little high school, Nathan was uh, so excited to like play that role. It's a dream role. And we had a talk back after the show. And who is there but like a high school visiting from Jersey or Pennsylvania? I don't know. And I'll never forget this like little cutie. Like this is just like the sweetest. He could have been me in high school, like a freshman. Um, I'm talking about the show and what it's like to be like, I didn't even know I was going on until an hour before and blah, 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 blah. Right. And as I'm exiting, he runs down to the front of the stage just to like shake my hand and thank me for the performance. And he was like, you were so good. Like, I, 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 I just really liked your performance. I was like, thank you so much, buddy. Like, it, it means a lot. Like, I'm, I was really excited to do it too. And he was like, and you were funny. Like, it was like this realization he had. And he told me, and I was like, thank you. And he goes, and I think, I think, I think I'm funny. Oh, on <laughs> <laughs> this like sweet kid. Like, it makes me emotional because I was like, you see yourself in me the very thing that's that i was it. like i listened to gavin sing over and over and over and i'm getting to be him but in my own version and like and that happened for me today and it was just the like yeah. the fact that we had a talk back the fact that that kid came up to me um and i'm like oh like wow. a light bulb went on right and that's, that's the beauty of like, someone felt something, someone, someone was changed today. Someone wept, someone laughed, someone had a cathartic experience in, in, in these four walls. And I was a part of it. Come on like that, mm. that will forever be, um, the, 
the gift of what we get to do. So I'll never forget that. It was the cutest thing ever. <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh, that's absolutely amazing. And that really is what it is, is when we're creating art and we're in our element and we are showing people a picture of who they are as well. Mm-hmm. When you inspire someone, you're you're giving them a glimpse of who they are, their authentic self. So, oh, yeah. and who they can be. And have you ever heard... Um, why do people inspire you? Have you ever heard the answer to this? No. People inspire you because they embody your potential. Ooh, I like that. So a lot of times, one of the things that I do with my clients is I have them describe to me who inspires them. Like, who are your top you know, five or six people that inspire you and why? Mm. And then after they go through all of that, then I'll tell them, well, the reason why people inspire you is because they embody your potential. And so I'm going to read back to you a glimpse of who you truly are based on everything that they said. And there's always this like emotional response, almost like this familiarity of like, Oh my God, that is, that is who I am. Mm. So it sounds like that's what happened with this little precious kid. Yeah. This is what I love about, this is what I love about art and creativity. Wow. That's, that's awesome. And, and the best art is, is vulnerability on a canvas in a song in, 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 in movement. Like it is so vulnerable to be that honest, to be that real, to be that raw. Um, and yeah, uh, yeah, it's, I can't do anything else. I love it. (laughs) I know. Oh my gosh. I know. Um, okay. So where can people find you? Yeah. Where if people want to like look at your work, if they want to cast you, if they want to whatever, where, where can they find you? Oh, well, thank you for that question. Yeah. It's, uh, nathanmadden.com. Um, I have some clips, uh, on my YouTube, which is also Nathan Madden. And my Instagram is Nathan Madden, uh, actor, Nathan Madden actor, um, right now. Yeah. Um, so those are the places. Awesome. And then all the TV shows that are coming out as well. He can look for his face. Yes. Um, okay. My last question is a question that I ask all of my guests and it is, what is something in your life that you are either healing or creating? (laughs) Yeah, I think I'm continuing the journey of just not rushing. Like, even though I've been out of New York a long time, the healing journey for me is to never pick up comparison to just not wish that I was further along than I am. And I mean that emotionally. I mean that physically. I mean that career wise. Mm -hmm. I mean that to be honest, like I thought I'd be married. I thought I'd have kids by now. I thought I'd be a dad. It's a deep desire of my heart. And the healing journey for me is to be thankful for what I have experienced to just not wish that I was further along or wish that I was five years back. It's, exhausting and it's pointless and and yet it is it's really difficult (laughs) so i mean you could word that in a different way and just to be truly present and to be very very honest and known I, i can never go back to not being known every part of me the worst the best the bad the ugly the beautiful i just want to continue to live a life that i'm really really known and seen um what am I creating? I think that stems from that reality. Like I'm doing more vulnerable work. I'm like taking my journal entries and I'm putting them into my, to my pieces. And as a choreographer, I think mostly um, doing little side projects where I get to just create dance films or create movement to, to music I like. And, um, 
I just don't want to stop being challenged. So this new job is is really challenging mm-hmm. me. Like I'm like, I, yeah. I can't do this. I'm not good with technology. I like barely can like had the hard time setting up for this 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 call and like technology is challenging for me. But I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm not gonna let that stop me from learning new skills from from creating. So yeah, yeah. On the on the other side of a challenge is is another creative endeavor. So. Yeah, I think I think that's what I'm facing. That's what I'm I'm trucking along and doing. Yeah. So yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming and showing up today. Of course. Thank you for having me. I, I so believe in what mm. you're doing and uh yeah, I know mm. people are gonna get so much out of it. Thank you. Thank you everybody for listening. Again, if you wanna find Nathan, you can find him at NathanMem.com or on Instagram and you can always find me at CourtneyLancaster.co or on my Instagram at Courtney Lynn. Yeah. Have a good day, everybody. Bye. Bye.